Did you know that the best defense is not playing more defense? And I just feel today, I just feel it in my spirit. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you're playing too much defense. The best defense is a Holy Ghost offense. How many people know that when the devil is up to no good, which is normal, you have to get up to good. And if all you're trying to do is keep him from scoring on you, you are missing the point of having supernatural power in a holy God that is above all things, that is beyond all things. Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers. How about if every assignment that the devil sent against you, you you listened to the Holy Spirit and learned how to follow orders and sent three or four against him? And some of us, we just give up to her. We're just like, oh man, we're just going to sit back and play defense. And the devil's like, okay, just give me time and I'll score goals. But you know what you have to do? You have to take the battle to the enemy. You have to take, you have to take the battle to fear and show fear its place and show it what, okay, that's good preaching. Now, now I think that uh, Jesus might be a little confused sometimes why you and I are not using the weapons that he gave us through the Holy Spirit. He's like, um, here they are down here. And why is she not using the weapons that I gave to the Holy Spirit to give to them? And here are some of the weapons. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts today. Um, just stay, stay up there for a sec, Sean. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul the Apostle says, there are different kinds. I'm going to go straight to verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we save, serve the same Lord. God works in different. Everybody say different. God works in different ways. You're different. Your mom said you were special. That means different. God works in different ways, different gifts, different people. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. How many people know that health is not just for you to be happy so you can watch more Netflix? Because that won't make you happy. Health is for helping. And when the Holy Spirit gives you weapons, If you're only trying to help yourself with them, you are missing the point of war. It is to help your brother beside you on the wall and your sister beside you on the wall. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. This is called a word of wisdom. Uh, To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Word of wisdom. Thanks, Sean. A word of wisdom. Has anybody ever had somebody pray over them or help them who had a word of wisdom? Kind of a special gift of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of, of, of facts out there, but how many people know that it's not the facts? They've been telling us for eight months or nine months now, wash your dang hands in different ways. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Wash my hands. Okay, I got it. How many people know that, that you need more than the facts to make good wartime decisions? No, no, no. You need uh, the one thing that you need to, you need an order. Now, how many people know that the Holy Spirit sends the word of wisdom to you by the hand of whomever he decides to send it? Think army today. I want you to think army today. Meaning, meaning you ask for counsel from somebody who God gives the word of wisdom to, which is like, how do I get that piece of information, apply it properly at the right time? You need wisdom. Man, you got your wife flowers last week and it worked and you were romantic and you did it this week and it didn't work. You need wisdom. <laughs> then there's a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is when somebody prays for you. If you've never had somebody pray with you over you and give you like, I feel like something happened when you were a child and I feel like the room that it happened in was blue. 
Now, stuff like that, specific stuff like that has happened to me in prayer times. If that's never happened to you, you need to go and get prayed for because our team operates in the gifts of the Spirit. And so I said one time I was preaching and I'm like something about going off your meds or trying to change your meds or something. Now, that is not generally something that a preacher puts in his notes because then somebody goes off their meds and the Holy Spirit showed me something. And then somebody came to, I think it was Nasty's friend, right? Somebody came and said, how did he know? Because that's what I've been trying to do, but it's not working. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the gift... The one spirit gives a gift of healing. Now we need some faith and some healing now because I feel like as a, even as a body of Christ, we have more faith to get sick than we've got faith to get healed. And you need to get yourself, if you've got a, uh, you're dealing with a spirit of fear, man, you need to get up against somebody with a spirit of faith and they're like sickness. What was the cross for then? Somebody with the gift of healing. You know, my dad, from the time that I was a, a boy, he would pray for me whenever I had headaches and it was an extremely rare time maybe like 10% of the time where I wouldn't get healed of my headache. Somebody got a headache. Somebody got teenagers this morning. Get Pastor Richard to pray for you. You got to keep your teenagers. We don't want them. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Now, can I say this? You need, a, a, you need uh, the, the people with the gifts around you. Now, I'm going to explain this in a second here because there are kind of like the church gifts here that God will kind of pick like that person can operate in a word of knowledge better than the other people can. However, this is what I want to say. I'm going to talk about today's sermon is called spiritual boot camp. You need to be able to function in the gifts of the spirit. You need as a soldier to be able to pick up this weapon sometimes too, if the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, but you have to practice with it. And you gotta, you gotta get proficient with all the, the, the weapons that God has given us. And so, so a, a, a discerning of spirits, we're going to see Peter, the apostle operating in a gift of discerning of spirits in a minute here, but a spirit of discerning of spirits. How many people know that it's not just what's on news and on social? There's a spirit attached to it, trying to get fear and infirmity into you. Come on. There's a spirit attached to it. You're not smarter than the spirit behind the message that you listen to. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. He's talking about tongues here, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. He's specifically here talking about the public gift of tongues. Next week is a bonus episode of praying in tongues. And I'm going to show you what that praying in tongues and dancing with snakes. You're going to love it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. Um, local pastor encourages congregation to dance with snakes. No, I'm going to show you that Paul is like, okay, now we're talking about the public gift. But then Paul says of his private prayer language, that's a different thing. He's like, I, I pray in tongues more than everybody. Yeah. Desire the spiritual gifts, everybody. It is the one and, and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. Can I just back up and say next week, I'm going to be talking about the code talkers in the, in the great war. How the Holy Spirit has a, has a prayer language for you that cannot be broken down by the enemy, that the enemy cannot understand. And here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the beauty about this. You can't even understand because you're a spy for the enemy sometimes. Your heart and your mind are what gets in all the... What if you could bypass it and get straight to the Spirit? Oh, come back next week. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. And then somebody's going to be like, I don't understand it. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't want me to do something I don't understand. He alone decides which gift each person should have, which means there's a commander and it's not you. 
There's a commander and it's not you. Now, sometimes we come into the church and we're like, well, this person technically outranks me in this about something. Yeah, well, that person answers to an officer somewhere. There is no human that's in charge of Christianity here. We're answerable to the Holy Spirit of the living God. I answer to people, you answer to people. Relax. But it's the Holy Spirit. Do not be jealous of the Holy Spirit who's the commander of the Lord's army. Don't be jealous of that. Just be grateful for it. Um, Now, imagine operating in the gifts of the Spirit at your workplace. I'll tell you, I had a discerning of spirits sometimes. I had some people that you meet in the trades world got spirits. I had a gift of wisdom sometimes that God would drop on me. At 2 a.m., I would wake up and be like, I know what's wrong with that system. I was an electrician. I know what's wrong with that electrical system. Man, that's not normal. I would understand when I would meet somebody, I would be like, I, I, would, I sent my boss a text one time. I'm like, don't do a deal with this person. It's going to cost you money. There's something wrong. I said, don't do a deal. There's something that's out of, out of whack with that. And then my boss would be like, I already made a deal with him and it would cause us massive headaches. And I'd be like, oh, why wouldn't you talk to me about this? There's this, come on. When Joseph, when you put Joseph in charge of your house and he's operating in the spirit of the living God, your house gets better. Your company gets better. I want you to be the person they can't fire at your job because there's something about you that has the gift of the spirit operating inside of you. You just know stuff. Well, we got to learn how to use it. I want this operating in your home too. Because some of you are trying in, in the natural to deal with children. They're smarter than you are. That's a problem. You need the spirit of the living God. Now, now, how many people know that when you come to Christ, you come in as a prisoner? Like you are an adult prisoner. Uh, you're, you're a prisoner of war. It says that, that you were born into sin. Your mother, their father, you know, just came down the family. Ever since Adam and Eve, you were born into sin. You inherited a sin nature that separates you from God. So... So they gave the earth to the devil, and that's who our father technically is. And so we come into the kingdom of God. We're prisoners in a dungeon. We come in as adult prisoners with nothing to lose and only salvation to gain in heaven. And so we come in, but you don't come in, and then all of a sudden you're thrown in in the ranks of an army as an adult soldier who knows how to do stuff. You're born into the kingdom of God. Actually, you're adopted in as a child, a spiritual baby. I know that you think that you were all that in a bag of chips, but you're not. You're actually a spiritual baby. Now, this is what you need to understand is that some of us want to remain spiritual babies forever because it's kind of nice when people feed us and every time we cry, somebody comes and holds us and hugs us and asks us how we're feeling. Come on, everybody. What we need to understand is that our family business in the body of Christ is war. Now, if I'm raising children in a state of war, they are learning very early. They're going through boot camp very early. They're doing push-ups. They're learning weapons. They are. I'm going to talk to you about some of the weapons that I grew up using. You are learning weapons. Now, I think in the body of Christ, can I say this? We got way too many spiritual babies still hoping to get spoon-fed. You're open hanger doors. Open hanger. Feed your dang selves. Rub some dirt on it and get back in the war. Well, I don't appreciate the pastor. Rub some dirt on it. We got people to save. We've got a nation that needs Jesus. We don't got time to pat everybody on the back and make sure everybody's, you know when, you know what will fulfill you. And the only thing that will is when you're fighting the Lord's battles, then you won't have time for it. Preach it, pastor. Pastor's right. We should listen to pastor. All right. So when I started playing around with weapons, my, my mom (laughs) playing around with weapons. Yeah. Well, we were boys. Like my brother, we're still boys, I guess. Um, so, so my mom grew up in a family of girls. Now it's a little bit different boys and girls. I have four daughters. They're not trying to experiment with weapons and die, but that's what boys do. So my mom had three sisters and she's like, I don't want my boys to get into 
guns and stuff like that too much. She had a bad experience when she was on the farm shooting a 22. Her, her dad's like, Grandpa Jim is like, Beth, you're shooting all my shells. You might as well shoot something useful and shoot gophers, right? So we got no farm kids. And so she shot a gopher and then her heart smote her because she made little baby orphan gophers and cried and had this whole thing and, you know, probably had a funeral for it. And, and then Grandpa Jim's like, just go back to shooting cans, Beth. Like, oh my goodness. But, but boys are a little bit different. And, and my mom was like, well, I don't want to get them like little guns, even toy guns. And then she realized we were running around the house shooting each other with our fingers anyways. You might as well just give them guns. So we got six guns. That was our first big move, you know. Six guns running around at Christmas time. Like, <clears throat> and um, we graduated from there to bows and arrows. And uh, if you won't, you know, buy them, we'll make them. To slingshots, to BB guns. Um, all along the way, there were things that we did that we almost died. Sometimes we hurt ourselves. We had to learn how to use weapons. How many, if you learn how to use knives and cut in the kitchen, sooner or later you're going to cut yourselves. Am I right? You have to learn, but it's best to learn with somebody teaching you and not trying to teach each other, especially when you don't know. So I had a friend and I, his name was Steve Wirch, and he and I taught each other. <laughs> not good, everybody. I had a BB gun that he didn't think fired that hard. And he's like, here, shoot me in the rear end. I want to see if it hurts from there. And I'm like, you're the boss. Right, right. I can still remember him. It's one of those defining moments in your life. One of the best days of your life when your best friend is jumping around, waving his arms around, screaming at you. And I'm like, I just did what you wanted me to, man. Like, you're welcome. Apparently it hurts. You know, my dad told me a story when he was a boy, he put a bunch of gloves on and shot himself in the hand. Why? Because he wanted to see if it would hurt. Because we're guys, we're great. Now, then we graduated to like 22 rifles. You know, they're not a huge rifle. And after that, shotguns. And then a buddy of mine had me out. He's got like handguns. And that was super fun. But uh, we graduated to like 22 shell, 22s, um, 22 rifles. And so what we would do when I was 14, Steve and I had 50cc scooters. And we could actually legally ride them on the road and stuff. So we would wrap a 22 rifle in a deer skin and set it down and hold it up between our knees. And hold it with our knees while we're riding through town. So that nobody would know what it was. We're riding around town with these 22s because we had to ride through town to get to where we were going. And I remember one time we were on the ring road of the town that we grew up in. And, and later the, the, the RCMP station was right up the ring road. But this was like the main road around town. And I remember we're like literally in the ditch on the ring road shooting stuff. And the RCMP guy drives up and he's like, boys, look around. <laughs> There are cars on this road. And we're like, oh, you're right. <laughs> hey, can we shoot your gun? You know what I mean? Like, but that's just how we were kind of wired, right? We used to put pennies in fence posts with a 22 and shoot them because they looked really cool um, with a bullet in them. But the problem is a bullet won't pierce a, a penny. It'll, it'll bounce. So we'd be like, ding. And then we'd hear the bullet go past our ears. And we'd be like, that was close. <laughs> Another round. Another penny. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Do we find these pennies? <laughs> Full-time angels, man. If you've got boys, you know what I'm talking about. Full-time angels of heaven trying to keep us from killing ourselves. Listen, last week we talked about the devil wants you to accept lesser weapons. If he can get you to accept lesser weapons or weapons of the flesh, he's got you. Just, it's a matter of time. He can outrun you. He can, he's got more power than you have personally. Now you need to subscribe to the weapons of the Holy Ghost. These are the weapons that Jesus talks to Nicodemus. He's like, people of the spirit, 
Um, it's like the wind blowing. They can't, the devil can't tell where you come from and where you go. Like I just, that's how I operate in my army. Right. And so what we need to do is create a fast moving army where we can follow orders properly. Come on, everybody say, follow orders. If you can do that, the devil can't get you. That's it. That's the greatest safeguard for sickness and for bankruptcy and for divorce. The greatest safeguard in your life is if you can follow orders because heaven has unlimited power that can back you. But if you fight the Lord's battles, have you ever thought about this? Stop fighting your own battles. God did not sign up to give you power for that. He signed up to give you power to fight his battles. When you fight his battles and follow his orders, he will always give you the power that you need. Some of you are living powerless Christian lives and you don't know what's going on because you want God to fight your battles. God's like, I don't want to fight your battles. This is how I fight my battles, Lord. What do you want me to do? That's good. It's bad when the preacher's got to amen himself. (laughs) Now, next, what the devil wants to do is he wants you, if he can get you to accept lesser weapons, great. If not, he'll try to keep you away from actual soldiers using Holy Spirit tech. Think about that. He will try to make it easier for you to befriend uh, Christian librarians. You know Christian librarians. They can tell you where any verse in the Bible is, but they're not doing any of it. They can tell you about all the wars and all the armies and all the prophets, but they don't do any of it. Or Christian like beauty pageant queens. I just need a runway for my gifts, Lord. (laughs) God's like, baby, we don't need a runway for your gifts. We need a runway for my gifts. (laughs) He does not want you next to that seasoned soldier with with scars. You know what? Because, I mean, we want to be treated like beauty pageants. But sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, get next to that drill sergeant who's like, baby, we don't got time for hangnails, for spiritual hangnails. Rub some dirt on it and get back in the fight. Somebody hurt your feelings? Good. You're learning what a, being a soldier is like. You got scars? Good. You know what not to do next time. Come on. It's this idea of like rub some dirt in it and get back in the fight. We can't afford not to. Your city can't afford for you to just sit back and watch spiritual Netflix all day. I just want world peace. And soldiers are like, yeah, got it. But there's a peace that you got to fight for. You know, you got to think about like Holy Spirit boot camp. You know, when I'm thinking about, about boot camp, I feel like uh, in, in the younger generations now, everybody wants to be in charge of everybody. You know, like, hey, I'm a leader. Why? Because my teacher told me I was a leader. Okay, like historically, there's not like a load of population that are leaders. But here's what I want to say. Don't worry about leading people if you can't lead yourself, Christian. I mean, you need to sign up to boot camp first because here's what I know. Only a soldier makes a soldier. You're trying to, some of you are trying to make yourself a soldier, but you're not a soldier yet. You got to think like... How, do sold, how are soldiers made? You know, how do I learn hand-to-hand combat? How do I learn how to wrestle against principalities? How do I learn how to do these things? Well, I mean, look how they train army people. Like, they play, like, guns and hands and knives and fights and wrestling. And it's all, like, person-to-person, handed off, transferred, person-to-person, right? And this is how you learn the art of war and learn how to handle the weapons. Now, all the Holy Ghost power in the world, the only way that he can distribute it properly and win the war is in the structure of a kingdom, not in a structure of a democracy. And so we've got to get this idea out of our heads that we, A, we know what it's like to be soldiers. You might be a private, which is the lowest rank in soldiering, and you're just wondering why nobody's following you. And God's like, you need to learn how to lead yourself first. So you need a spiritual drill sergeant who's like, I didn't see you on the Bible app this morning, maggot. I haven't seen you on the Bible app in 47 days. And then you're complaining because your wife doesn't like you anymore. 
Nobody like you if you're not on the Bible app in 47 days. Come on, Megan, do some push-ups. You didn't show up for church on Sunday again. Come on. You showed up to church on the third song every week. You missed what the Holy Spirit was trying to show you for the next week. You missed the battle instructions. You missed, you missed. Why don't we strip you off to another battalion that enjoys getting shot in the face because you're not paying attention because you missed the drills. Come on. It's not just about you. It's about the person beside you on the wall. You have to learn faithfulness. You have to learn how to, just because you're reading the Bible doesn't mean you're reading it right. Just because you're praying doesn't mean you're praying right. You have to have people, soldiers, show you what to do and how to do it. When you get in a fight with your spouse, why don't you talk to a, a Christian soldier who's been in that fight before who got some victory? You'd be like, no, that's not how to think about this, sweetheart. Rub some dirt on it. Forgive. Say you're sorry. Some of y'all have bad marriages because you never apologize for anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> then what the Holy Spirit does, you have to learn the personal disciplines first. The, the, the personal disciplines first. You got to learn the art of war first. You have to learn those. A soldier's got to be a good soldier. You got to start cross-training in the weapons and the gifts of the Spirit. Cross-train on the people who've got them. Cross-train under people who've spent a lifetime understanding how that works. And so cross-train under people who just have that spirit of faith that you need right now. Cross-train under people who understand prophecy and what that means. What's prophecy, Pastor? Prophecy is seeing what's coming and getting everybody in a place so that it doesn't shipwreck them. And in fact, it gives them opportunities that nobody else has. It's exhortation. It's encouragement. Like, no, 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 not like that. No, no, no. Come on, maggots. You read some of the Old Testament prophets, man. They're like, come on, rise and shine, maggots. Try that with your uh, kids sometime. Rise and shine, maggots. Next, what the Holy Spirit wants to coordinate in the church is, is like an all-out corporate warfare. Now, this is when he's like, okay, I'm going to give Jason this gift. And y'all, you need to let him operate in this gift. Yeah, I got to train him first. And then, but if he doesn't operate in this gift, we're going to lose it, the city. Yeah. Come on. We're not going to be able to. Now, now, this is where if somebody is like a 99% sniper, you don't put 15% laden on the gun. I just needed somebody to make fun of. Now Layden's like, I, got, I, can shoot, I can shoot guns too. I want to pull the trigger. And this is what we deal with in church all the time. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to pull the trigger. Yeah, well, sometimes God gives gifts to some, and he doesn't, so God gives gifts to Nancy that he doesn't give to me. So I get the gift if I go there. I get the gift. Now Layden's got gifts too. He just can't fire a sniper rifle. He can fire it, but he's not going to hit anything. So sometimes what the Holy Spirit does is he, he, he'll talk to me or his team lead and be like, hey, give him a scope and help him. Get, get him next to the sniper so that he can spot that thing. We have people right now in, in the, the, the hallway behind me praying in the spirit while I'm preaching. Now, now, if you put somebody like me back there, I was made for this. Like, oh, Holy Spirit and the congregation. This is what I do. If you put me back there, I'd feel like I was being punished. Now, I love praying, but I would feel like I'm being punished. They don't feel like that at all. You know what they're doing back there? They're the, as they pray, the Holy Spirit shows me things for you. A lot of what I preach is not in notes. The Holy, they're putting bullets in a gun. They're citing targets for me back there. And then they come out ready to pray for you over there. And they operate in the gifts of the Spirit when they do this. I'm like, here, pray for these things, prayer team. Get people out of their distractions. Come against the devil. Fight the devil to get them to church. Come on. Open their hearts up. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to open their hearts up and remove stubbornness and all of these past experiences. And the Holy Spirit's like, I have new experiences. 
is a powerful thing. Now, they work one and they sit one. Now, if all you do is come to church and you sit, sooner or later you'll think that church is about you. Because mom just feeds you all the time. You've got to grow up. And and what will help you is when you serve one and you sit one. Because, Because people who serve only start thinking that they do more for the church than the church does for them. And that's when you start getting real weird. I don't think that I'm the pastor. I think that my church does way more for me than I'll ever do for it. I'm just convinced of that. Why? Because I work one and I sit one. You got to understand if you just sit, you need to start serving tables because that's what you were made. Health is for helping. Not so you just like, Hey, I feel good. I'm going to go home and then I'm going to come back next week and somebody else is going to pay for a meal and cook it for me and feed it to me just the way that I, the magic is in the serving and the food tastes better then. it actually nourishes your soul. Then you will actually start applying the stuff that you're hearing. Oh, that's good. Now, Next week, how the Holy Spirit uploads and downloads in code. But this week, I'm going to get into the gifts of the Spirit and how they were operating in Samaria. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. He went to Samaria. Now, Jews hated Samaritans. Jews were racist at the time. They also grew up in Rome, uh, Roman um, rule, which they were more racist. (laughs) Um, But they hated the Samaritans because the Samaritans were Jews and I think Assyrians mixed together. And so they mixed a lot of things in religion and Jews were like, we're the only people. And Samaritans were like, yeah, well, we have this special thing. So even for the Philip to go there, the Holy Spirit would have had to be like, go there because nobody wants to go to Samaria who's a Jew. All right. Sometimes God will send you to a a field or a job that you don't know that you're in there. And he's like, I want you to operate the gifts of the spirit here. And you're like, I don't want to be here. I wish I had a boss who was nicer. And he's like, I need to save that boss. Would you stay if you gave him an opportunity at the gospel? Would you stay? Some of you don't know why you're working. You think that you're just working to feed your family. That's a byproduct. You're there because you're a messenger with the good news of Christ. That's why you're there. Keep that in mind. And uh, Philip is in Samaria. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon, a man named Simon the sorcerer. This is not Simon Peter, but a different Simon in the city. Um, He used to be a sorcerer. He used to... How many know that the devil has parlor tricks too that he can flash around, but it's not the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch, because when he meets this, he himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip, get this, wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed because they were the real deal in hard times. I mean, real people. You know they used to lay their hands on sick people and heal them? Yeah. I think what the devil's done in this time is like, don't touch your kids, they might be sick, don't touch your... Well, since Jesus came, everybody, Christians have been laying their hands on sick people and healing them. Somebody's got to touch the untouchables. <laughs> You're going to see how the Holy Spirit is also given by the laying on of hands. And uh, when the, uh, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had, had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Get that. As soon as they got there, they're like, yeah, great, Philip, great miracles. But he, they're like, Philip. It's great that you got them saved and baptized, but you have to get the Holy Spirit into them. It's great that you can do the miracles, but they can't because they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The first thing they do is like, here, put a sword in their hands. Here, get the Spirit of God upon them. Here, get the gifts into their hands. We got to start training soldiers. Uh, And it says the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Remember, coming upon versus coming within. For they had only, everybody say only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I used to hear Christians back in the day be like, I have Jesus and Jesus is enough. And Jesus is like, I'm not enough. I sent the Holy Spirit. Where's Jesus, everybody? In heaven. Who's here? The Holy Spirit. You better have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 
And then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Now you're going to see how, how the Spirit of discerning of spirits and Peter starts intersecting and helping Philip. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, Peter's like, something's wrong here. And the Holy Spirit gave him a gift of discerning of spirits. Watch this. Um, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. Watch. He's been following, this man Simon the sorcerer has been following Philip around, and Philip doesn't see what's going on. Philip is powerful, like people are getting saved and baptized and healed and miracles and but there's something that he's missing. He's missing the gift of discerning of spirits, which means the gift that God gave you, I need too. And Peter comes in and he's just like, Philip, why are you letting this guy close to you? There's something still wrong. He's, yes, yes, he's been saved. Yes, he's been baptized, but he is missing the purity of spirit. How many people know that you can be a Christian and be, have other spirits operating inside of your life? Anger. If you give legal right for them to be there, some of you, we have such a naive thought of like, well, when I get saved, then I don't struggle with a spirit of anger anymore. (laughs) Tape record yourself in an argument sometimes. (laughs) I don't tell lies. And your husband is like, you tell lies all the time. Tape record yourself and listen to an argument and see if there's something else operating there. If you gave something permission or your mother did, or somebody has to come and take that permission back and give you more of the Holy Spirit. That's for free for somebody. And he's like... So this guy, Simon, yeah, he's an influencer in the city, but Peter's like, don't put this guy in charge of anybody. We got to get him cleaned up first. He's like, no. And he goes right out. He goes right at the problem here. And he says, you can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. He sees through all the magic. He sees through all the influence. He sees through all the heart of like, hey, I want this power. He's like, no, 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 no. There's something wrong. We got to fix it. And he says, I can see you are full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. So he's like, let's deal with the jealousy and the sin. Some people are attracted to the Holy Spirit because they like the power. That's why you need the structure of the body of Christ to keep people in their place long enough so they don't abuse the power. So you have, you're still answering to officers. You're still answering to somebody. You'd be like, you don't prophesy to people for your own personal gain. Are you crazy? The power of the Holy Spirit needs to be respected, everybody. You don't have a small group and take up offerings for yourself, maggot. I just made that up. I thought it was funny. (laughs) We don't take up offerings in small groups. There's reasons why. Um, pray to the Lord for me. Simon exclaimed that these terrible things you said won't happen to me. Now the discerning of spirits saved this man's life. If he repented, thank God for the gifts of the spirit. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord, they went back through the, the other Samaritan villages, preached the good news. As for Philip, I love this. I'm just going to kind of end this here. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he's like in this revival, which is what he does. And he's like, yeah, quit preaching and grab your rifle and double time it down to this little deserted road. Philip was operating in the gift of the spirit. Go down here. There's something I need you to do. Yeah, but God, I can see all this that needs to be done. He's like, got it. Leave it with people and go down here. The most important thing that you do is follow orders. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. A eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he's a server of Yahweh, but he wasn't a server of Christ yet. And he was returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. This is just magic. Watch. Watch. The Holy Spirit knew that this man was going to be on the road. Remember, Jesus is like to Nicodemus. 
When the spirit blows, it's like the wind blowing and the devil can't see where it comes from. And can you imagine you're the devil? You're just trying to get this guy back home before he finds out about Jesus. And you're like, finally, got him on the desert road and he's by himself. And all of a sudden, Philip shows up. <laughs> you're just like, no, yo, I was just fighting you over there. And he's like, yeah, we're still winning over there too. And God sends Philip. He's like, oh, no, how is this? And he climbs up in the chariot. The guy's reading from the book of the prophets describing the, the death of Jesus. And Philip's like, I know who that is. People are getting hungry for the gospel right now. You have to operate in the gifts of the spirit at work. You need to operate in the gifts. Of, do it on Zoom. <laughs> you have to operate in the gifts of the spirit. People are hungry for faith right now. They're hungry for church. It's like, oh, yeah, no, um. Yeah, you need to give your life to Christ. And the guy's like, oh, there's water. Can I get baptized? On the desert road. Yeah. Philip's like, yeah, let's get baptized. But you know why, Peter, why Philip, the Holy Spirit could send him there? Get this. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Because in Samaria, he had everything, but he was missing a huge bullet in the gun. He was missing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He was operating in the gifts, but he wasn't preaching it. And now he's like, good. Now we got this? Good. Now I can send you to the Ethiopian man, to the treasure. He's like, yeah, let's get saved. Let's get baptized. Let's get you baptized in the Holy Ghost before we send you back to fight in Ethiopia. Now, Christianity in Ethiopia, uh, the tradition says that it was traced back to this moment. Because he's like, I'm sending you back, man. You got, don't got any friends here, but you got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost. So let's get you. Come on. Man, when you start fighting supernatural battles, there's nothing that can't be done. I'm going to read to you a sermon that Charles Spurgeon wrote in 1882. That's before grandma was born. <laughs> Called the indwelling and outflowing of the Holy Spirit. John 7, 38, he starts by saying, he that believes on me, Jesus is speaking in this, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. You remember that word receive? To make trial of. To welcome. To receive a person, not to reject. I preached about this last week. To receive, to get all of, to be carried out of this room in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he starts his sermon by saying, there's another thing to be done as well, and that is to pray. You ready to pray today? Here I want to remind you of those blessed words of the Master. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be open. If a son shall ask for bread, will his father give him a stone? Or if he shall ask for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, there's a distinct promise made to the children of God that their heavenly Father will give them the Holy Spirit if they ask for his power. And that promise is made to be extremely strong by the cases joined to it. If there's a promise God can break, which he says there is not, this is not that promise. For God has put it in the most forceful and binding way. I do not know how to show you its wonderful force. Did you ever hear of a man who, when his child asked for bread, gave him a stone? You shall, if you like, get among pirates and murderers. And when a little child cries, Father, give me bread, does the most wicked father fill his own little one's mouth with stones? Yet the Lord seems to say that this is what he would be doing if he would deny us the Holy Spirit when we ask him. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He makes it a stronger case than that of an ordinary parent. The Lord must give us the spirit when we ask him, for he is in this bound himself by no ordinary pledge. 
He has used a simile which would bring dishonor on his own name and that of the very grossest kind if he did not give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Oh, then let us ask him at once with all our hearts. Ask God to make you all that the Spirit of God can make you. Not only a satisfied believer who is drunk for himself, but a useful believer who overflows the neighborhood with blessing. And then he says, I see here a number of friends from the country who have come to spend their holiday in London. What a blessing it would be if they went back to their respective churches overflowing, for there are numbers of churches that need flooding. They are dry as a barn floor, and little dew ever falls on them. Oh, that they might be flooded. What a wonderful thing a flood is. Go down to the river, look over the bridge, and see the barges and other craft lying in the mud. All the king's horses and all the king's men cannot tug them out to sea. Does this feel like your life? There they lie, dead and motionless as the mud itself. What shall we do with them? What machinery can move them? Do we have a great engineer among us who will devise a scheme for lifting these vessels and bearing them down to the river's mouth? It cannot be done. Wait until the tide comes in. I feel it this morning. Wait until the tide comes in. What a change. Each vessel walks on the water like a thing of life. What a difference between the low tide and the high tide. You cannot stir the boats when the water is gone, but when the tide is at the full, see how readily they move. A little child may push them with his hand. Oh, for a flood of grace. May the Lord send to all our churches a great springtide. Then the indolent will be active enough. Don't get mad at me. It's a Spurgeon. And those who are half dead will be full of energy. I know that in this particular dock, several vessels are lying that I should like to float, but I cannot stir them. Rub some dirt on it. Get the Holy Ghost. They neither work for God nor come out to prayer meetings, he goes on to say, nor give up their substance to spread the gospel. If the flood would come, you would see what they are capable of. I cannot wait to see what you are capable of. I know that there's more. They would be active, fervent, generous, abounding in every good word and work. So may it be. So may it be. May springs begin to flow in all our churches. And may all who hear me today get your share of the streams. Oh, that the Lord may now fill you and then send you home bearing a flood of grace with you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father in heaven, baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Give us the Holy Spirit. Baptize us. Come and fill our souls. Come upon us that we may have rivers of living water flowing out into our neighborhoods. God, I pray that we would be faithful and get hands laid on us in the prayer time, Lord God. Hands and get that transference of the Holy Spirit of the living God that is so much more powerful than anything we could possibly ever face, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit of the living God. Let the tide come in. Amen.